Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is uh, Master Mark Sorianis, and I am coming to you from New York City. And I am going to be speaking today to a frequent guest on our program, someone whose movies we've reviewed and love, and that is Jesse V. Johnson. Before we talk to Jesse, I'm going to get our advertising out of the way. Today's sponsor is Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting for your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the gaming starts. How are you, sir? Good, I can't hear you. Let me just see. There's a rule. It doesn't Good. say Good. I can hear you now. How's everything? And how are you doing? Thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, no, my pleasure to see you again. How's everything been? All right. Good, good. Rocking and rolling here. Uh, doing as much as we can. Keeping busy, you know? Yeah. A little bit of a difficult time now, right? In terms of production and things with everything going on in the industry, right? So it's probably... Uh, a... It doesn't terribly affect uh, indie movies because obviously we can get uh, waivers, but it's a, uh, it is a tricky, you know, a lot of, lot of people not really knowing what they're supposed to be doing and things like that. So Right, right, right. People not sure. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to cross exactly. any exactly. lines. Listen, it's a you know it's a it's an important union, uh, you know, and they've chosen to to strike. So you know, we're all members of that union, so we have to sort of be in solidarity with it to a degree. Sure, sure, I get it. So, how's everything? Um, I, I I obviously we had an opportunity to preview uh, and screen One Ranger. We submitted our re- you know review. We really liked it. I really uh, I liked that movie a lot. It really always uh, impresses me how you always manage to do something a little bit different. I always feel like there's a lot of you in it, but it's always something a little bit different. Um, tell me a little bit about how um, how'd you come to to that project? Uh, uh, a little bit. I wrote the script a ways back. Uh, it was a throwback film for me. It was a throwback to the pictures that I loved as a young man. You know, things like Coogan's Bluff and and Franigan and uh, even the TV show. Uh, uh with Dennis Weaver you know about uh McLeod and so you know I, I like the idea of taking this mythological character the cowboy which is basically you know the American form of you know Greek mythology it's the closest we have it's our ancient Odysseus our Homer and putting him in a uh in a modern you know situation and and watching this rangy sort of wisdom this this streetwise world weariness you know deal with all the problems that we all have to go through every day you know, and see how it, how it comes out at the end. You know, uh, I find it. I find I I think it's a, a winning formula, and I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, I've worked, you know, a, around the Texas Rangers a little bit on a TV show that I did in D- Dallas a few years ago, a few decades ago, uh, and I, I learned about this, you know, one Ranger, one Riot quote, and I thought it was a fantastic sort of emphasis, you know, basis for a uh, a cool action movie, a sort of revisionist one, if possible. Uh, 
the film ended up being uh, a lot more difficult than I expected to do because of the logistics involved and how low the budget was and things like that. But no one sees any of that when they see the movie uh, and there's no disclaimer. So you, you just, you, you know, we're up against films that cost a hundred times as much and no one, no one really comprehends what that means anymore. Uh, so you just have to do as best you can at hiding the seams. That seems to be, have become your sweet spot, right? Which is the ability to, do more with less, right? So I, I I think a lot of the things that we've talked about, the things that you've done, you really managed to do a lot to be able to work on a low a film that's low budget, but that yet um, is sensitive to that, and and is doesn't give you the feeling that you're cheated as as uh, somebody who's watching it, right? From the standpoint of special effects, from the standpoint of action, from the standpoint of uh, the way the film is shot. Um, I never get the sense that I'm watching a film that isn't a high budget film, but yet it seems to be repeatedly the 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 place where you seem to be plugged in. Right. Is is the area where, hey, this is the guy who can um, do a lot with a little. That's a lovely thing to say. and I'll take it as a compliment. Uh, it's certainly not where I want to stay and certainly not what I want to keep doing. And uh, and and really, it's be rather something I wasn't known for. Uh, I'd like to have bigger budgets, and they're coming, and they are. Uh, I signed a deal with these two films, uh, White Elephant and One Ranger, which were particularly good scripts that that ended up being done for probably a tenth of what they should have been made for. Uh, I did it because it gave me the chance to work with Malkovich and and Rooker and Thomas Jane and Olga Kurylenko. Uh, and sort of meet these new actors that I really wanted to, you know, to work with. Uh, but the budgets were extraordinarily challenging. Uh, uh, but you know, each each sort of step in this path of what we call a career, you have to think very carefully. You know, do you want to keep making films with Scott Antkins where people throw sidekicks, which is there's nothing wrong with that, or do you want to advance to the next sort of cast tier group who are interested, who are asking, or who are sniffing around and so you you make that but it comes at a price it comes in the price i pay is or paid for those two films was that they were almost uh impossible budgets they were so low uh but you get out there and you figure it out and you do what needs to be done and you plan it as best you can and shot list it and storyboard it and uh try not to send anyone to the hospital or yourself to the hospital and and deliver the film and i did those two and sure enough it 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 it, it uh brokered me into a into another arena where i've i've enjoyed a bigger budget on chief of station a film i just did with Aaron Eckhart, uh or more creative freedom uh like i've just done on a film with Budica with olga kurilenko because i'd met her through doing white elephant so you it's not that you are necessarily machiavellian or manipulative but you you look at each movie as a, a stepping stone as an entryway to another arena uh each time you know i i, I get asked really much on a daily basis if there's going to be a sequel to Debt Collectors or a sequel to Savage Dog. And I would love to do those. I wrote those scripts. They were with me for a long time. They were part of my bloodline. You know, it was my sure. bloodline and tears that went into those movies. But do you want to keep swimming in that in that pool? You know, do you want to keep eating that particular random minnow? Or do you want to, you know, take a leap and, and go into another pool? Uh, the problem is, you know, as you probably understand, when you're making films at the director, DVD level that are very genre based, that are that are going out to streaming services to a very specific audience. The films are met with open arms. People love them because the audience that's going to see a Scott Adkins film has chosen to see that film because they love Scott Adkins, and and you get this fantastically positive you know reviews and all that kind of stuff, and it's brilliant. But none of them are mainstream quite, you know. 
you make a film with a bigger actor and it gets a theatrical release it's it can be a far better film than the other one but you're going to get slaughtered because now you're you're out to the real world sure. you're, you're living in the sea and the sharks come and bite at your your ribs and you know and and you know you're you're now in the playing field opposite the studio and what a lot of people don't realize is you pay for rotten tomatoes you pay for imdb it's not fair it's not free you, you know it's it's you know uh, you pay for publicity for a film. You know, Oppenheimer was a hundred million dollars to make, and had approximately a hundred million dollars in PNA. So now you're swimming against those guys with your twenty-five hundred dollar PNA budget, and uh, and you get you get absolutely torpedoed. You know, uh, and 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 it can be quite grueling, but you just got to do it. You have to do it if you want to grow. You know, it's like fighting in martial arts. You know, if you keep fighting the same club and you learn yeah. everyone's weaknesses, that's great. Or you go into another club, or when you're practicing for your your next, you know, when you're sparring, don't spar with people that are lower than you or weaker than you or the same. Try and sure. spar with the guys who are, you know, a belt above you, you know. And so that's what I've been doing with these films. It's hard. It's 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 hard, man. It's really, you know, physically challenging to do it for the money. But well, you you I, make you the end result, mate. You make it look easy. I mean, both White White Elephant and certainly all the films you mentioned, but I, I really enjoyed White Elephant. It was a little bit different. Uh, one ranger of course was great and of course you mentioned dead collectors and savage dog and and those films of course were also terrific and i get your point because when when you when you deal with those specific genre action films there's a really a a devout base that's built in and you know that no matter what you release there's going to be you know i see these films on um prime you know steven seagal has like 150 movies that are almost exactly the same and yet they release them because i assume that their presumption is there's going to be somebody there who's going to watch it who's who's dying for that for those films are vanishing i think this you know it's slowly you know that, that there is a new era ushering in which is good uh where there's more emphasis on a better movie you know the sure the, that, that old guard, uh, you know, they can't even get films made at the budget level they once were. No, mention it. sure, it's, it's, you know, it's gone away, and and you know, it's okay. It's it's the way of the business, but uh, but I don't look towards those. I look, I always looking to try and expand. Although I've got to say, there are genre hoppers as well. When when we did Avengement, you know, we were reviewed by the New York Times and and you know, LA Weekly and Los Angeles Times, very very positively. So there is a you, you can. Hit a hit a home run, in, you know, every once in a while. But it's a very risky thing to try and bet on. Uh, but it does it does happen, and and you, sure. you have one that launches you out into the stratos- stratosphere. I think my my point is, you can't keep trying to repeat that. You, you, if you if it gives you a, a bit of a launch, then you've got to seize that whatever you can, move up to the next tier level, the next tier level, and, and not look back. Uh, I'm very very proud of what we did with Run Ranger. I think people should go and see it if they want to see how films are made when they're handmade you know you can have you can have a suit that you buy off the rack or you can have a handmade sure. suit there's some imperfections in it and it's not quite as you know it's not quite as perfect as something that's made by you know in a sweatshop in 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 the far east but but you'll get something that has that nuance and i think um, i hope that you know we have that bespoke feeling to to one ranger in my pictures where they feel like they're made by someone you can feel someone's uh, point of view someone's opinion someone's touch on it they're not ai you know what i mean no absolutely and it 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 really is your your stories are are um your movies are very story driven and they're very character driven which um makes them stand out right they're not even though there's there are special effects even though uh hell hath no fury is a perfect example right there's a explosives and there's a lot of um dynamic scenes but the, the essence of the movie is the story and the character interplays and the interesting dynamics of 
the characters as they unfold, right? As they unfold. Thomas Jane's perfect example in this. How did you end up getting together with him for this one? Because he actually is, of all the things he's done, like it is the most comfortable role, I think, for him. One of the things that I really felt in watching this movie is he's really comfortable in this in this role. And and I really felt like all right, this could be a series of of movies. This could be the first of a series of one ranger movies where uh, centered around him. Yeah, he's fantastic. I I had uh, met him two or three times before. We were trying to find scripts to do together. He'd given me a script. Uh, financing, you know, fell through at the last minute. But we we enjoyed sort of the conversation we had at his house. He's, I, you know, I'd always taken note of his house when we'd gone there. He has lots of vintage movie posters and comic books framed. You know, uh, a real interest in in older cinema, which I do too. Love the films of Bud Bodecker and Howard Hawks and Ford and Raoul Walsh and these guys. And we'd speak about that stuff. We'd go to talk about the movie. And within 10 to 15 minutes, we'd be talking about film history or or pictures made with Randolph Scott or, you know, or, or you know, John, you know, John Wayne pictures, you know, the ones that he did with uh, Walsh or Hawks. And and it, it, we, we'd go off at a tangent for hours on an end and, and be frustrated because we hadn't talked about the movie. Uh, so when, you know, this script sort of became available to me again, it had been under option for a while. I wrote it a, a ways back. He was the perfect guy to take it to. And it was pretty quick. He liked it, you know, right away. We had a long conversation about the character. On set, he's a uh, he's in character. You know, he's he's Tyree talking in the Texas accent between between takes at lunchtime at the end of the day. Uh, you know, the questions he has are very minimal because we've done all of that ahead of time. He is absolutely immersive. We had a couple, you know, had a couple of scares on this when I visited the second unit, and you know, I'm, I'm obviously wanting to make sure they're working quickly because they've got a lot to do, and we're third camera goes between second and first unit so you have uh, two cameras when you when you have the choice for it uh and they were using the second camera so i was, you know, wanted to make sure they were filming and i, I get to the second unit and the stunt court you know stunt double for thomas jane is sitting eating crisps you know english guy and i, I absolutely blew a gasket at him and he said no 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 they're filming they're filming thomas is doing all his own stunts and i looked over and sure enough thomas is in there sweaty and beat up and bruised and being thrown through cabinets and it's like this you know, this is awesome. This is really, really cool. This is what you 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 you're very hesitant to ask for that in this day and age because you don't want the actor to hurt himself or you don't want to appear to be putting pressure on them to 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 do something above and beyond. So it's just great when you have an actor who really invests. Scott Adkins does that. Sure. Uh, my, uh, Michael Rooker did it. The best of the best will get in there, roll their sleeves up, rehearse it. You know, they won't be uh you know they, they won't be foolish but they'll get in that you know they work with the stuntmen and you have something beautiful it was really great working with thomas he was fantastic and that, that's that's great and i thought by the way white elephant was probably one of michael rooker's best roles i mean he's so memorable well known and such character actor but he really nailed that role as well a very very similar um you know he really was the heart of of, of that movie in a lot of ways yeah, he was good. They, you know, these these are interesting films. They'll be seen in a canon of pictures. Like a lot of my films, when they come out, people kind of scratch their head, and then you 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 cut back to them two or three years later, and there's a cult following for them. You know, when when Savage Dog came out, I had death threats from people. You know, what had I done with Boyko? Why had I given him this terrible Irish accent? And you cut to it now, it's the one I get the most emails and Instagram things, and people are just you know wanting to know what's going on with it. Is there another one? Where did the story come from? So these films have a habit of sort of 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 get entering the the subconsciousness and sort of percolating and developing there, which is fun. It's good, you know. Uh, I I pride myself on not copying the zeitgeist, not copying, not trying. That's to great. Be, 
John Wick, not trying to be the next uh, extraction, not not trying to to be the next Matrix. You know that that doesn't work for me. They, they have to come from somewhere more base, somewhere more organic, somewhere in in my soul. I don't mind if they come from Clint Eastwood and Don Siegel in nineteen sixty eight. That's okay. To Coogan's Bluff, you know that that's fair. That's fair hunting ground for me but anything within the last decade or two decades that, that's, that's true homage as opposed to uh simply you know trying to ride the the wave of what's happening right because we start well, to see uh, important I'm like I'm trying to blow my trumpet too much but the truth of the matter is you 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 want your influences to feel like they've come from a different direction not from the same gene pool that everyone else is watching you know? I, and i i I think you do that real well. Now, Dean Dean Jagger in the in the film in One Ranger is great. He was in Avengement, I believe, also, and he's known here probably more for his role in the series now revived series Warrior, the Bruce Lee series, which is on um, uh, HBO Max now or Max as, as they call it. But he does a terrific job as the um, the villain in 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 One Ranger, and I and I love the fact that it was tempered right, so it's not. You know, um, it it would have been really easy, I think, to to have him go to the next level and become like a comic book supervillain, you know, as opposed yeah, to we, being we, a human being. We talked about it an awful lot. What we didn't want to do was play him as a as a bad guy twirling his mustache. I wanted to give him as many layers as possible, you know, because real bad guys don't know they're the bad guys. They think they're the good guys. Usually, you know, they've 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 figured out a way to validate what they're doing. And for him, it was being a freedom fighter. And what we realize is that he's gone from being a freedom fighter to being just an outright criminal. But he doesn't quite realize it until he talks to all these people along the way from his old life. Who are like, yeah, you lost the course, man. Don't come back here again. Patrick Bergen, the wonderful Rachel Wilde, all of all of these people that at one point bought into him have 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 been disillusioned and he's 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 no longer part of that anymore he's gone from being a freedom fighter to just being a fighter uh and we wanted that to be sem- somewhat sad and somewhat uh melancholy uh I, I think we went too far i think he's almost too uh you know too appealing and he's almost like a good guy by the end of it but that's okay you know those are the risks you take and as long as he wasn't you know a cardboard cutout villain. That's what we didn't want. But I love Dean. I've known him a long time. Uh, I knew him when he first came to Ellie. He was an MMA guy and skateboarder and, you know, started, yeah, had this hunger to make movies. And I, I like these big guys who look ostensibly like thugs, but then you realize there's a gen- gentleness, a, a sincerity and a, and a spirituality to him that, that belies the, the tough guy exterior, like Jess Leowden, who plays Oleg. Uh, he did uh, uh, Game of Thrones, which is where he really started to come onto the scene. He did, I, I've never worked with him before. He looks like he should have been in Avengement. I agree. Uh, uh, I, my apologies. The, yeah, yeah. Not at all. And then Warrior came about and we're like, this is the one. This is the one. We can make it work. We can we can do it on this. I hope to work with him again. I think he's tremendous. I yeah, he, he was is. great. He's he's very different in, um, in Warrior than he is in your film. He's definitely got a lot of range, yeah. um, but there's a lot there. Complexity of characters, again, is uh, is one of the things I that I think that is really uh, is really positive. So, so one Ranger now, folks can get it's it's probably not as uh, in in the U.S. I, I don't think there's too many theatrical uh, places right where they can see it, but it is. Uh, on we, we, were in, we were in uh, quite a few. I'm I'm so thankful to Lionsgate for getting behind the film. They they really ballsy bunch, you know. Uh, uh, you know, they, 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 uh, Lauren Bixby is phenomenal. She, you know, really, a you know, a gambler and a, a risk taker and, you know, they're, they're putting out, uh, 
uh, John Wick at the same time as this picture, and, and they put ours into theaters. We got far more than was expected. A lot of lot of theaters film did fantastic. The gangbusters business business across the Midwest, less so on the coasts, but that you know we knew that was going to be sure. the case. Uh, and and has a great following. It's available now. It's just come out on Blu-ray and DVD. I highly recommend it if you still have that ancient you know prehistoric sure. technology. I would say sit on Blu-ray, sit on on DVD. It's, there's a tremendous behind the scenes that's put together by Jonathan Method, which Lionsgate put the you know put the money up for, which is really really good. It interviews all of the cast and special effects and stunts, and it explains how this film is different from your average movie that you're seeing out there at the moment. You're seeing guys that are risking it all. They're going in there, they're getting bloodied, bruised, beaten, sweating. We use practical uh, special effects, practical guns. These aren't you know these aren't plastic guns that are you know people are painting. Yes, these real belt-fed machine guns, and and there's a that that causes a knock-on effect with the way the actor holds it, way that he reacts, the way that the sparks and special effects react. It's it's you know, and I realise we're in the minority who are doing films this practical, you know, blue-collar way, and it's it's I think it's brilliant. I think people should look at it. Uh, you know, don't it doesn't mean it's better than the big movies. The big movies are wonderful, polished, beautiful, sure. fabulous eggs. You know, they're 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 great, and 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 we enjoy those but go see a picture like this and you'll get uh, a more idiosyncratic take on what's going on and more of a that handmade you know uh feel that you know it was just a lot of people really putting on a great show uh good performances and and uh i think that's there's something to be said for that there was a reason when this industry started you had the a movie with the b movie underneath uh there was a reason when you know the old uh, video stores would have the a movie releases there and the indie releases there because there's an appeal to both. There's an appeal, a human appeal. We are just telling stories around a campfire. And yeah, the polished storyteller is going to tell a great one, but the drunk from up the street is going to tell you one that's going to make you roll on your side with laughter. And and every once in a while, it's, you know, go to another source, enjoy something like this, you know? So- absolutely. 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 And, and, and there's a lot to it. Uh, and, and the best part about it is you can come into it without this, preconceived notions and you're going to get something there there's a lot there especially in this one which has got like a it's a bit of a uh an amalgam of genres right so it's a bit of a western but it's a bit of an action film it's got a little bit of a spy film uh it's got a lot going on so so and it's an unusual right it's an un- unusual amalgam of like, cause, cause, a good little bit of a martial arts movie in there as well uh, ab- absolutely absolutely these three lay down, you know, knock down fights that the that Oleg has with Thomas Jane. That was part of the appeal for me. It was that he just never gives up, you know. And these fights, they're both too old. Neither one of them should be fighting like that. And that's sort of the fun of it, you know. Absolutely. But, and, yeah. and 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 it is interesting from opening shot to end, right? It's 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 uh you know, one of the things that I think uh, also has become a, a disease of Hollywood in particular is because they spend so much money on making these movies that they they make them insufferably long for no reason. Um, and, and there's just, you know, I'm not sure who's editing all of these, but your films are very tight. I always find them to be very tight and, and make from, really long ones soon. I'm just going to do the, it. Just, I, just, I grew up loving them. I'm Lawrence Arabia and good to band. The I don't mind, I don't mind long. I don't mind long. I just sometimes feel there, you know, when you watch them, it's, it's also been the trend of documentaries, right? Like I feel like every, all these documentaries on streaming that could be done in one show, they stretched them out for five episodes and you go. I'm not hundred percent sure what the, the financial aspects of that are, but it just seems to me that there's no need for it. It, it could, the story could be told in a much tighter way. Yeah. There's a self-indulgence for sure to, to some of them, but uh, 
you know, I don't know. It's tricky, isn't it? They, as long as they come with an intermission, I think you're good. Uh, That's it's just long for the sake of being long. You, you're you're making uh, some physical miscalculations by doing that. That's, that's Absolutely. Good. So I know this one is out. I know you have at least two others. You 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 mentioned them here. You have two others that are, are those going to be coming out in 2023? You expect or probably uh, now? We have one before the end of the year. Budica with Olga Kielenka, which I'm very very proud of. Uh, I want everyone to go see that. That's coming out through Saban. Uh, before the end of the year, we have limited theatrical uh, and UK, it's Netflix. Uh, and then I believe first quarter of 24 is Chief of Station with Aaron Eckhart, uh, which is a much bigger film, a step up to a bigger budget for me. Uh, it's got some great production value. It's a throwback to the 1980s spy films that I loved, you know, pictures like, uh, you know, uh, Gorky Park and uh, and uh, fifth, uh, fifth, what was it? Uh, just the Bond pictures that we loved from that sure. era. Uh, fifth column, those those kind of pictures. It's set nowadays, but very much, you know, if you look at spying, it's turned around on its head. We no longer use, you know, telephones and internet the same way because they've become so easy to hack. So the spy techniques and methods, cold drops and that sort of thing of the Cold War have suddenly become popular again. And I found that really interesting. You know, again, with, with it's, it's ostensibly a very modern action film, spy film, but but the techniques and the, the tricks and uh, are intimately familiar with anyone who watched those pictures from that era, you know. Well, we really look forward to we look forward to those two and we look forward to uh whatever comes ahead and we'll definitely be looking out for um you know promoting those and 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 reviewing those and one ranger as i said is a terrific film for the audience that has an opportunity to see that it is um really enjoyable I, like i said thomas jane's terrific and the the entire cast is really supports the film in a, in a really strong way as well as the action uh the story the script uh, White Elephant, and then of course all of Jesse's films. We, you know, I, I could go Savage Dog. You mentioned that is probably the film that got me hooked on um, your your work, and then and then going back and seeing, you know, uh, everything, you know, really, you. really, er, er, pretty everything that you've done, whether it be Charlie Valentine, whether it be uh, now, you're, now you're going back in time. That's a yeah, good yeah, no, absolutely. Your your love of Steve McQueen. Perfect. Uh, the beautiful ones, right? Is uh, all, all of those are are, are terrific. I I, I well, we've got the rights you. back to the beautiful ones this month. That's the big epic one. For almost uh, two years, we've been struggling to get the rights back because they were sold to a particular distributor who we felt did a terrible job. They colorized the movie, uh, put it out in a very sloppy manner, you know, very lackadaisical, uncaring way. So we've now got the rights back to that. So it'll be back. It'll hopefully be coming out soon again. I ca I can't wait. That is a terrific <laughs> film. It's so funny. You, you have a film that wins 42 film festivals. They flew me around the world for, you know, all of the film festivals. And the moment it gets picked up, they, they re-edited it and put it in, in, into color. And it just it just was incomprehensible to all of us. But that is sometimes. And yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I watched that film and then after that film did a lot of reading about Steve McQueen and did a lot of reading um, in Quentin Tarantino's book about Steve McQueen and the movies of Steve McQueen. And then went back and watched it again. And it is just, it's a great film. All your films are great. That's, that's, that's really one of my favorites. Call me anytime. I'd love to come and talk about the pictures when they come out. So, so excited and happy that you like this one. It, a lot of, as I say, a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into it. Please, if people get the chance, watch it on Blu-ray or DVD. Uh, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable that way. And the BTS, you know, the behind the scenes is worth seeing. It'll give you a different 
as you mentioned with reading about uh, the beautiful ones, it'll give you different insight into the way the film was made. And I think it's worth doing. I think that's in this, they're good companion pieces in this particular case. That's terrific. And we'll, we'll put some links where folks can, uh, can uh, get their hands on some of these uh, Blu-rays for, for one Ranger, as well as our review, Jesse Johnson. It's always good to see you be well, be healthy. Good luck in, in all you're doing. This episode is presented to you by Bet Online. And again, thank you for the time. I, I really do appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy, especially now more than ever. Thank so, you, Mark. Thank-, thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.